0: Hi there, Lisa here. Before we start the show, I have a few disclaimers that I would like for you to keep in mind as you listen to each episode. First, this show will cover a variety of topics related to connection, mental health, work, and life. And some of these topics may be sensitive for you or for someone you know. I want to offer you permission to choose courage over comfort when it comes to consuming sensitive content and also permission to respect your own limits when it comes to consuming this content which may be sensitive for you. I also need to indicate that while I am a licensed therapist, I am not your therapist. This show is not intended to be direct professional advice, and you should not use this as a substitute for individualized professional help. Lastly, While I can assure you that any of the coachable or teachable content I share will have demonstrated effectiveness and or practices I use myself, I can also assure you that I am imperfect, and there are times when I do not act as skillfully as I would have liked. My goal is to act skillfully most of the time, and I very much want that for you too. Now, with that said, let's start the show. Hello and welcome to wired to connect the startup mental health podcast that keeps you going every week with our easily digestible lessons, skills, and stories that you can put into practice immediately. I'm your host, your coach, your teacher, Lisa Birnbaum. I'm also a social worker, a therapist, and the co-founder of Strength Squared, a therapy coaching and consulting practice for startup founders and their teams that I started with my wife and co-founder in 2021. The learnings we are sharing here come from a combination of the lived experiences of the startup founders and startup team members we've worked with over the years, from our own lived experiences, and from research-backed strategies too. And we are so excited to be able to share these insights here with all of you now. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the importance of accurately assessing your startup's culture. Today's topic came about after recently consulting on a project with an EdTech startup. Prior to COVID, this particular startup was pretty insistent on needing to have an in-person office culture. They had maybe one or two employees that they made exceptions for and allowed them to be remote, I believe because they had relocated, but they certainly did not want this to become the norm. Obviously, the pandemic changed things, and now they are trying to embrace truly being a distributed, remote-first company. I sat down with the co-founders to assess the culture they built and to talk through the perks that were added in effort to support their employees well-being. I then met with everyone else throughout the day, either individually or in small groups, to get their perspective on the culture and these perks. Unfortunately, there was a big disconnect between the co-founders and the exec team's view of the culture and everyone else's. I'm going to talk through exactly where the disconnect was in today's episode. I'll also explain the recommendations I gave so that regardless of whether you are a startup founder yourself or are on the exec team or are a startup employee, you can start applying these recommendations to your own situation. So much of this is interconnected. I'm going to break all of this down for you in today's episode. So let's get into it. Let's make some meaningful connections. Support for today's show comes from our very own Strength Squared. What if you really knew the type of startup founder you are or the type of future startup founder you are likely to become? Would it change your trajectory? Would you do anything differently? Well, now you can better answer these questions for yourself by taking the quiz we created specifically for startup founders and future startup founders. In 10 pinpoint questions, you'll identify your leadership strengths as well as your opportunities for growth. At the end, you'll see which type of startup founder you are or which type of future startup founder you are likely to become, so that you can move forward with the clarity, courage, and confidence to ensure that your type is working for you rather than against you. Just head to strengthsquare.com slash quiz to take the first step toward being the best startup founder you can be. That's S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H-S-S-Q-U-A-R-E-D dot forward slash quiz and we can't wait to hear which type of startup founder you are. Today's episode is an inside look at my recent consulting project with an ed tech startup. They went from previously being heavily steeped in their in-person office culture to now learning the ins and outs of being a distributed remote first company. After meeting with the co-founders and all of their employees, it was clear there was a big disconnect between the co-founders and the exec team's view of their company's culture and everyone else's. I'm going to take you through this disconnect so that you can better understand how it surfaced. Let me start with the areas of alignment though, the places where everyone was generally on the same page to help provide you with some context. These co-founders did a really nice job pivoting their offerings during the pandemic, an excellent job transitioning to a distributed, remote-first culture, and relatively speaking, they haven't had a tremendous amount of turnover. They've embraced asynchronous communications, they've refined their onboarding so that their experience is meant to happen virtually, and they upped their game with the new swag they're sending to new hires and periodic surprise deliveries they're sending to everyone too. They also did a really nice job rolling out well-being perks, such as reimbursements for things related to both physical health and mental health, updating their parental leave policy, and switching over to unlimited PTO. The areas of non-alignment and points of disconnect seem to have a common theme. While the exec team pointed to these well-being perks to show that their culture supported work-life balance… Everyone who was not on the exec team agreed that these well-being perks sounded good in theory, but that in practice, they really missed the mark. When I dug into that a bit more, it made so much sense. In conversation after conversation, it became clear that in spite of the changes made during the pandemic, what was being reinforced was an always-on, never-not-working hustle culture. And that in order for folks to feel able to take advantage of these perks— They would need to have sufficient time available outside of time spent either on work or thinking about work to actually use these perks. They would need to have their co-founders and their leaders modeling for them the fact that they are using these perks. And they would also need to have their co-founders and their leaders encouraging them to actually use them too. It also became clear that a number of folks not on the exec team felt disconnected from one another and believed that their opinions on the direction of their product was not valued. When I dug into these a bit more, it became clear that even though they like the distributed remote-first culture that's emerging, they also miss the non-work in-person connection. In a number of conversations I had throughout the day, I also heard how most decisions at this company, including those related to product direction, were made in a very top-down way. And it became clear that folks not on the exec team wanted to be included, wanted to feel heard, and wanted their opinions valued. After spending the day meeting with everyone, and after helping them understand the importance of rest, recovery, and downtime, I gave some initial recommendations to the co-founders and the exec team as well as some initial recommendations to those not on the exec team. First, I recommended the co-founders and the exec team start by realigning their expectations around asynchronous communication, by clearly communicating those expectations to each team, and by ensuring that each individual team member understands these expectations. I then recommended the co-founders and the exec team each sit down with their calendars over the next few days and block out a certain number of weeks out of the next 52 weeks that they will commit to taking time off from work. I recommended at least one week per quarter plus one extra day each month, in addition to the full parental leave for anyone that applied to. And I recommended identifying this time openly on their calendars. Next, I recommended the co-founders and the exec team choose one way they could each commit to investing in their physical health, and one way they could each commit to investing in their mental health, and seek reimbursement for both using the process they had in place. For any of them who identified difficulty turning off, difficulty spending time either not on work or not thinking about work, and difficulty buying into anything other than hustle culture, I recommended therapy specifically to work on these and to prevent burnout. Regardless of how each of them committed to investing in both their physical health and their mental health, though, I again recommended they each identify these ongoing times openly on their calendars. I also recommended the co-founders and the exec team find ways to include prioritization of time off physical health, and mental health into everyone's OKRs so that these are the behaviors that get reinforced rather than the always-on, never-not-working hustle culture behaviors that were inadvertently reinforced previously. And so that there's no question that the co-founders and the exec team want everyone to actually utilize these perks. I then recommended the co founders and the exec team start to facilitate some in person connection in the form of twice yearly company retreats and monthly get togethers to attend based on location, as well as some more frequent non work connection in the form of a weekly activity done together virtually. The last of my initial recommendations for the co founders and the exec team was to rethink their weekly exec team meeting and to consider including everyone else in small groups on a rotating basis to this meeting. I explain that by providing folks not on the exec team an opportunity to hear what's being discussed and by inviting them to voice their opinions, depending of course on how this is executed, these hopefully serve to chip away at the power imbalance and enable them to feel included, heard, and valued. And after effectively adopting each of these recommendations, I also encourage the co-founders and the exec team to then socialize these recommendations among everyone else. As for those not on the exec team, I recommended starting to experiment with setting limits and boundaries around their working and non-working hours. I explained that ultimately, they were given an opportunity to work whatever hours they want to work, and that they can actually set some limits and boundaries around this. I also confirmed that previously, when they've been available and ready to respond to requests at any time, they have actually inadvertently reinforced their co-founders and exec team's propensity to continue making these requests. I further clarified that this meant deciding for themselves the 30 to 40 hours per week they would like to devote to work, and then practicing self-discipline by not engaging with work outside of those 30 to 40 hours. I recommended they reflect on and consider how they could start to implement this. I also recommended they take some time now to think about how they would want to use their well-being perks. The reimbursements for things related to physical health and mental health, the updated parental leave policy, if applicable, and the updated unlimited PTO. So that once they see their co-founders and their leaders modeling the utilization of these perks, and once they experience their co-founders and leaders encouraging the utilization of these perks, the decisions about where to start have already been made. The last of my initial recommendations for the folks not on the exec team was to attend the in-person and remote gatherings as well as the newly formatted exec team meetings as often as possible, and to practice the mindfulness skill of non-judgment by going into each with an open mind and an open heart. As I hope you've come to appreciate, so much of this is interconnected. I'll be back to recap all of these connections right after this. Support for today's show comes from our very own Strength Squared, a therapy, coaching, and consulting practice partnering with startup founders and startup teams. At Strength Squared, our goal is not to have to treat burnout after the fact, and instead, to prevent burnout from happening in the first place. We do this by equipping startup founders and their teams with the necessary skills to build sustainable, mentally healthy work cultures of collective care, collective accountability, and intentional work-life integration. If you are a startup founder, a startup team member, or are someone who might be a future startup founder and are navigating a challenging topic that you would like addressed on our show, or if you have a question you would like answered on our show, please send an email to podcast at strengthsquared.com for a chance to have your topic addressed or to have your question answered on a future episode. Again, that's P O D C A S T at S T R E N G T H S S Q U A R E D.com. And we'll keep our eyes out for your topics and for your questions. Okay, let's go ahead and pull all these connections together. To recap, after spending the day meeting with everyone, and after helping them understand the importance of rest, recovery, and downtime, I gave some initial recommendations to the co-founders in the exec team, as well as some initial recommendations to those not on the exec team. For the co-founders in the exec team, I had seven initial recommendations. Number one. Realign expectations around asynchronous communication, clearly communicate those expectations to each team, and ensure that each individual team member understands these expectations. Number two, commit to blocking out time taken off from work for the entire year of at least one week per quarter plus one extra day each month, the full parental leave when applicable, and identify this time openly on calendars. Number three, Commit to one way of investing in physical health and one way of investing in mental health. Seek reimbursement for both and identify these ongoing times openly on calendars. Number four. Determine how to include the prioritization of time off, physical health, and mental health into everyone's OKRs. Number five. Plan for in-person, twice-yearly company retreats and in-person monthly get-togethers, as well as non-work weekly activities done together virtually. Number six, reformat their weekly exec team meeting to include everyone in small groups on a rotating basis. And number seven, socialize these recommendations among everyone else. Now, for the folks not on the exec team, I had four initial recommendations. Number one, decide which 30 to 40 hours per week to devote to working hours and experiment setting limits and boundaries around working and non-working hours. Number two, practice self-discipline by not engaging with work outside of those 30 to 40 hours and reflect on and consider how to start implementing this. Number three, Think through and decide on ways to utilize the new well-being perks so that the decisions about where to start have already been made. And number four, attend the in-person and remote gatherings as well as the newly formatted exec team meetings as often as possible. And practice the mindfulness skill of non-judgment by going into each with an open mind and an open heart. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Wired to Connect, and I hope this was helpful. If you've got a question you would like answered on our show, just send an email to podcast at strengthsquare.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H-S-S-Q-U-A-R-E-D.com, or use the link in the show notes. And if you would like a chance to win a free startup coaching session, which retails for $500, keep your ears out in the very next section for the instructions. That wraps up today's episode. I hope you loved it. Don't forget to hit subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And we are currently giving away our free startup coaching session. If you want to win a free coaching session, Just leave us a rating and write a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice, and you'll be entered in our weekly random draw. This type of startup coaching session retails for $500 and can be yours for free by rating and writing a review of our podcast. Then listen in next week to see if you've won. It's that simple. Thanks so much in advance for supporting us on Apple Podcasts or on the podcast app of your choice. Before I go, I want to leave you with this. After assessing this edtechs culture, the biggest concern for me was actually not the disconnect between the co-founders and the exec team's view of their culture and everyone else's view of their culture. The biggest concern for me was that the folks not on the exec team were telling me all about this disconnect rather than telling their co-founders and their execs directly. I spoke with them at length about this, so I'm not sharing anything here that I haven't already shared with them, or anything they haven't okayed me sharing. And I think it's important to note here too, that in order for those not on the exec team to have felt okay voicing their concerns, there needed to be a level of psychological safety. And unfortunately, that psychological safety did not exist. Psych safety is an immensely important topic, so I'm going to devote our next episode entirely to that. Okay, I think that's it for me for today. Be sure to tune in to our next episode, episode 11, which will be all about psychological safety. Can't wait to connect with you then. Thank you to my incredibly talented cousin, Andrew Fisher, for writing and playing the original music for this show. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you to my amazing wife, partner, and co-founder, Marissa, for your belief in me and in this show, for everything you do for our family and for Strength Squared, for everything you are doing behind the scenes for wired to connect and without whom none of this would be possible. Lastly, and perhaps most importantly, thank you so much to all of you who are listening for supporting us by choosing to spend your time with us, for connecting with us, and for keeping an open mind and an open heart. I'll look forward to connecting with you in next week's episode. And until then, take good care. And remember, we are all wired to connect